like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome to Renegade Rules. Jeff Johnson here with Heather Shoemaker. We're talking more about punishment and discipline and consequences. And, uh, revenge. Where you want to, and revenge. Where you want to jump in, Heather? Oh, well, it's such a dicey topic. It's so much fun to talk about this. <laughs> um, you know, again, I got some questions over the summer, and one of them was about cleanup time and how do you get the kids to clean up their toys? And I know this is something that's universal, just like my book, It's Okay Not to Share. Um, sharing and sharing squabbles is pretty darn universal. So is the need to have some semblance of cleanup, um, and maybe that's a hard thing to do. So in the in the topic of revenge, discipline, punishment, rewards, all that good stuff. Uh, well, how do you get your kid to do something when they don't want to do, but it's necessary? How do you do that? Uh, I, think, I think the first thing you got to do is determine if it's truly necessary. Because I think, I think a lot of adults have a lot of friction around, uh, a lot of emotions around cleanup time uh, when it involves children that they're not really they they don't walk the walk when it comes to cleaning up their their own stuff. So I, I think we got to before we choose to have those battles. I think we got to make sure it's really a battle that needs to be needs to take place. Yeah, you should see some of my rooms and piles of papers and stuff all over. And um, yeah, I don't always clean up my own stuff, but I also don't insist always that the kids clean up everything either. So yeah, is it depends where you are who you are, you gotta know yourself. Maybe mm-hmm. you're a neat freak and this is essential to your peace of mind. So it, it does depend a lot on what kind of home or um, you know, preschool or center that makes you comfortable living and breathing in it, as well as the people who, the little people who come into that sphere. Yeah. As far as cleanups, one, one way of uh, what might be necessary is that you don't wanna lose all the pieces. So there's some like little animal figures or something. Well, maybe you wanna, they're nice and a lot of kids like playing with them and you don't wanna um, have them go astray. And often little tiny things can go astray if you don't put them back in a container at some point on a regular basis. So there could be a, a desire to keep track of things and not just be um, wasteful with resources. Mm-hmm taking care of things, learning how to take care of things. I think that's a legitimate um, yeah. goal. Another legitimate goal is to be able to walk across a floor. And not step uh, on a Lego in the middle of the night. Yeah, I have, I have a husband who walks through rooms in the night and steps on all sorts of things and hurts himself pretty much every night. And so this is a safety issue for him. And we frame it in that way that 
Papa gets up in the night and he's asleep and he's heading towards the bathroom and he will step on that. The toy will break and he will get hurt, you know? So yeah, we need to clear a path. This is essential. <laughs> and, and the kids know that because in the morning he'll wake up with some, you know, something <laughs> breakfast has a big old bruise or something. So is it essential for you? And if so, where is it essential? And there's also within a home, a lot of people I know have one room that they like to keep kind of kid free, or at least by the end of the day, it looks that way so that they can, you know, sit there and have some peace of mind or read something or relax or just have a bit of adult space in at least one room of the house or one corner of one room. So um, kids can get that. We have a living room that um, is a no shedding zone. So you can play anything you want there, but when your body leaves the room, you have to take your stuff with you. And that's really hard, but it's only one room. <laughs> so it doesn't apply everywhere. Um, so maybe you need to think about something like that, or it depends where you live. But if your kid has a bedroom, either on their own or they share with somebody, if they have their own space, there's probably different rules that apply there. How long can toys stay out on the floor in their own space might be totally different than how long they can stay out in the kitchen or in the in another public living space. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, our kids, their bedrooms were, I mean, my son's room was just about always very tidy and clean and he didn't he didn't shed. He didn't shed a lot. Didn't leave a lot of messes around the house. My daughter, she was, she was, pig pen from the uh the charlie brown uh crew uh just walking around leaving leaving a trail of stuff all over the place and so it was it was a constant kind of kind of battle to get her to kind of confine that to her room her room i mean when she was littler we kind of had those battles about wanting to keep it clean but we i don't know if she broke us or or we just realized that you don't i mean this is your space it can look like you need it to look, I guess. And life got a lot easier when, when we gave up on that battle. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, as I, I think I mentioned in earlier episodes that I'm not a believer in sweeping through a kid's personal space and saying, you don't need this anymore. Let's get rid of that. Um, that they uh, um, should have some say in what's important. And often it's that broken pen that doesn't work you know, that is actually really important because it's not a pen after all, it's a laser shooter and you need it for this certain game that you play. So you have no idea really what's important. So if you are going to insist on them cleaning up their own space, and maybe for you that's every day, maybe that for you is once a week, maybe it's once a year. But at some point, you know, what's comfortable for your own, your own group of people, um, involve the kid in it. And what I find is when we do that, <laughs> they discover all kinds of things they hadn't known. It's sort of a benefit to them. They like, say, oh, I haven't seen that in, in months. Wow. And then they, they start playing totally new games because they unearthed something. It's just kind of like an archaeology dig. Yeah, they found Well, we do call it the big dig in our household when it happens. Heather, um, you just reminded me of a, a horrible thing I did uh, back to battling with my daughter in her messy room. So um, this is when I still cared that her room well, you know, we could see the floor once in a while. And I, I told her, if you, you need to get this picked up, all these stuffed animals and things, or I'm going to clean it up and everything's going to go to the uh, thrift store or whatever. And she, of course, because she's as stubborn as I am, and actually a little bit more, uh, didn't do it. And so I cleaned up everything and put it in a, a black garbage bag and, and hauled it to the, 
I was young and stupid, Heather. I apologize. And hauled it to the uh, the thrift store. Now, the the big problem here is a lot of the stuffed animals were things my wife had from when she was a kid. That and so not only did I make a big mess with my daughter. I, I made uh, I I my, Tasha still glares at me every once in a while when this comes up. That was but, a bad move, Jeff. Yeah, it was a horrible move. But I I mean I learned. I learned. <laughs> I wouldn't do it now. Learn. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So just in case there's someone out there listening who's in the same developmental stage that you were at that point, and I'm not saying that in in a way to be funny because we as adults develop as parents and caregivers just as much as kids develop. Sure we do. So don't worry if this sounds like you. It's just that you're at a certain spot right now. Um, Don't put stuff in garbage bags and haul it away and don't threaten to do that and put it in a garbage bag and put it out in the tool shed and then bring it back in saying ha 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 just kidding. Um, Don't don't make the threat and don't don't do it at all. Absolutely don't from so I mean (laughs) Don't. Don't now, do that. If you have problems, you may have a serious complaint that there's too much uh, stuff in your kid's room. It may be true. There's too much stuff. So you can find out a way to take care of that. And maybe the thrift store is involved. I just took, you know, nine boxes of things to the thrift store, but everybody had looked through it. Everybody did. Absolutely. <laughs> I still remember my roommate in college. She, uh, I mean, once the parents are in this trap, they will continue to do it throughout their adult children's lives. Because my college roommate, her her mom came for a visit one weekend and saw these old shoes sitting around. And she said, oh, you know, these are so old. And so she picked up the shoes and threw them in the trash and then took my roommate out to dinner for a nice, you know, mother-daughter time. And my roommate's anguish, these were her favorites for some reason. It was really important. She didn't even wear them. She just needed them emotionally. So she looked at me with horror on her face and kind of nodded to the trash can. And I was going to save them anyway. I understood what was going on. So I pulled them out of the trash while she was gone. And the mother probably continued to do that. But it's, it, it's not a good habit to get into, but I would break it now rather than. Yeah. yeah. And if you, if you could avoid doing it in the first place, um, learn from my mistake, people learn from my mistake. Yeah. So as far as um, I'm not completely of the mind of having it as messy as you want room, um, no matter what age the child, partly because it's my job to keep the kids um, safe. And to me, that means I need to be able to access from their door to their bed in the middle of the night. I need to do that without tripping over stuff. And I need to be able to have them access both the door and the window for fire or any other emergency. So even if their room is messy, they have to have a clear fire path (laughs) and it's just part of, part of life. And so we explain that, Oh, well, we need a, we need good access here. And so they always have to clear out a spot. Um, And that's become second nature because we've been doing that for a long time now. So I don't just, you know, you see in the cartoons, these, these comic strips, all these jokes about waist deep and yeah, waist deep and, and all that. I don't think that's a a safer house. So we don't do that, but we do allow them to have more mess on the floor than I'm comfortable with in their own space. And then we have rules for public spaces. Um, and again, if it's a toy, like I had a little, talking about childhood toys, I had a little train that was a, a train with anim- that came with animals and the little horn would go toot toot. And 
I had a lot of fun because you could open the doors and you could do a lot with it. It wasn't a, a toy that, that kind of could only be played with in one way. So I saved this from my childhood and my kids would play with the little animals and, and things that came with the train. But they had a tendency to wander them off or the hats would get lost. or the And so for ones that I cared about or somebody else might care about, we just made sure that when they were done that day or before lunch or whatever the stopping time was, that all the little figures would get gathered up so that they, you know, could be played with again next time. So maybe that's true for you in your household with board game pieces. It's very hard to play some of those games that you don't have, you know, the spinner or the <laughs> whatever it is. If, you, if you've lost Boardwalk and Park Place, Monopoly is just, just oh, a war. Yeah, well, we have to get into that board game another time. But <laughs> So, okay, so there's other times where we do need to clean up. Let's say it's in a preschool setting or, or maybe you're having friends over and you just need a space to be clean. Um, and you've told kids it's time to clean up and they don't want to. Um, Something that, that I would do with a kid besides saying, first of all, I wouldn't ask them, do you want to clean up? You know, because the answer is no. They're probably going to say no. Um, and you, that's unacceptable. You need the floor cleaned up. So you can't give them a choice. You can't make it a question. We're going to clean up the room now, okay? All that kind of asking permission of your child. Don't even go there. Don't ask permission. So... If you've decided for whatever reason it's cleanup time, then you need to stick with that. And if the kid doesn't want to, I wouldn't threaten to take something away. Like, well, now you can't have your favorite noodles for lunch. I mean, <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. I would just say, if your hands can't do it, mine will help you. And this, especially for stubborn, independent-minded children, this works really well. You put your bigger hands on top of theirs and force their hands to put the blocks in the box or whatever the, the toys in the, in the boxes. Um, they hate it. Um, you're able to make their hand clean up when they are not wanting to. And pretty soon they usually um, clean up themselves or they get very mad and then you work through their feelings. And once their feelings are all out, then you clean up and it all works. So if you're going to insist it happens, um, just say it's too hard for you right now. I will help you and, and, and go ahead and give them some physical help. I wouldn't do it myself with picking up the blocks unless I was a play partner in the game. You're like, oh, I was doing this with you. So I'll clean up some over here. You can clean up those ones, you know, but I will physically put my hand on theirs and make their hand do the vice grip and move it over. I, I, I would, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I, that, that whole hand thing, I, 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 I think that, I mean, that's just a way to get yourself bit, isn't it? I think, I think if you're the one, if you're the one that really needs things picked up and you're the one that bought all that extra stuff, that's too much stuff. And you're the one that needs it to be picked up. Shouldn't you be the one doing the picking up? Not necessarily, especially because there's so many situations this happens. You might be over at a friend's house and they produce a whole bunch of toys and then it's time to go. And your kid has made a mess all over their living room. I do think that there are times that it's okay for the adult to insist on something and that if they can't do it themselves, then it's okay for the adult to guide their hands to do the behavior. It doesn't have to be a lot. It might just be three blocks, but it's the, um, it's the, um, it's a setting a limit. And as you say, at the beginning of this conversation, is it important? That's going to be a question that you answer differently depending who you are. 
So I hear Jeff say, yeah, that's not me. I'm not going there. <laughs> and this is from the guy who takes all the stuff to the thrift store. <laughs> but, you know, so everybody has their different comfort level with this, but that is something I find that works well because it, um, for the one, for the kid who's just digging in their heels, um, it's, it, it's something that will motivate them to take independence, take agency themselves. I think the friend's house is the best place not to pick up. You just kind of look <laughs> at your imaginary watch and say, oh, I got an appointment. Let's go. And, uh, and then they're, they're stuck with their stuff. That's probably not right either. Well, who knows? And then it's also, <laughs> um, it depends on your friends, I suppose. But I tend to have higher standards in someone else's <laughs> And lower standards in my own space, but you might be different. <laughs> um, I do think also that depending on the age of your kid, and sometimes they're just in a developmental stage where picking up is such a problem. Well, then just go outside. You don't have to pick up the trees. <laughs> you know, there's no pickup out there. So maybe it's too much of a struggle. Don't play with the toys at home right now. Go out, go somewhere, go to the park. Um, or put away temporarily some of the toys that have so many little bitty things that just drive you nuts. Um, so if that's the problem, put that toy in the closet for now and there's plenty else for them to do. So maybe you can put one of the particularly offending um, toys for cleanup away. Yeah, stuff that's gonna drive you, drive you batty. So what, Heather, do you think about uh... Uh, modeling when it comes to, to clean up. We, we adults should probably be doing some level of, of modeling. So kids are seeing that, I mean, if cleanup is important to you, you're, you're modeling it, right? Or not? What? I think we model it in various ways. I mean, in a family, usually that's cleaning up um, after eating, um, you know, putting food away so it doesn't mold and washing mm -hmm. dishes and that sort of thing. Um, it depends in your household if you know if you get a lot of toys out yourself let's say you're putting a bicycle together and you've got all kinds of stuff and then you model putting all your you know wrenches and different things away so i think we do model in everyday behavior some families of course model in the other direction <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean your kid will be as messy as you are they may have the opposite reaction and, and like to be neat because you're not um, but there's usually some some semblance of order that works for your family or your, your community. And you need to find that and figure out what would work. If it's not working and, and cleanup becomes a big struggle, let's say in a preschool or something, you can talk about it with the kids and say, I'm worried about these you know, animals getting lost. And I'm finding that kids are having a hard time stopping to play at the end of the day. And, and um, you know, what can we do about this? And get them to help problem solve because they are amazingly creative little people and they, if they want to help. So they might not want to help every moment when you catch them in a certain mood, but they can problem solve and you can use their ideas to um, help fix your cleanup problem. One more question. What about, what's, I got to figure out how to word this question. Um, what about level of cleanup skill. What I'm thinking about here is, is, is sometimes it might be 
it might be useful to lower our standard slash expectation sometimes because sometimes I've seen I've seen this this uh, this battle go on in like block areas in, in early learning programs where the adults will have like the the block shaped silhouettes on the shelf and so all the all the double unit blocks go here and all the single unit blocks go here and and everything is very sorted and very orderly that. Um, and this is like in a, in, a, in a room full of two-year-olds who often physically aren't able to get things as organized and put away in a manner that the adult would say was right, but they can get everything on the shelves. Um, so is there, is there some room for a little bit of your three and your standards don't need to be as high as my adult standards or, or, or what are you thinking? Well, it, it depends what your goal is. If you want everybody to get in a habit of pitching in and putting things in a, you know, on a shelf, then if the three-year-old gets it on the shelf, that's fantastic. If you care so much that it needs to be lined up in a certain way, you can do that later when they're not watching. I wouldn't redo it in front of them. That makes them feel that their efforts were inconsequential and they're less likely to want to help another time. But yeah, if, if you know, it's not lined up completely symmetrically or something and you have a need for that level of order, then go ahead and do it later. They're not going to notice the next time that you'd shifted the blocks a little bit. <laughs> they just want to play with them again. And if they, if they do notice that, then they're probably getting them lined up the way you want them anyway. <laughs> right. All right. Any more on this topic, Heather? Well, I think it, I think there's probably lots more that you could dig into this. Um, but the thing I want to leave people with is remember that cleanup um, is usually on your time frame and that you're interrupting play. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't be. Maybe it's nap time. Maybe it's, you know, you have to go somewhere. Um, maybe it's lunchtime, but you are interrupting them. And so if you acknowledge that, that they might have big feelings over having to stop what they were in the middle of and it was really exciting. If you just take a moment and you notice a kid who's really in the midst of something and, and say, you know, listen, Jack, I know you're, wow, you're really involved in this. and we're gonna to have to pick up the stuff soon. I wonder what we could do. If you just give a little bit of uh, empathy to where they are and realize you are interrupting them, that sometimes can alleviate everything rather than singing that cleanup song that so many people sing because that doesn't give any emotional uh, transformation time. You know, that, okay, I'm moving from this in my feelings to the next thing. Some kids might need quite a bit of help getting through those feelings of being interrupted. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard transition no matter what, when you got to stop what you're doing and, and move on to the next thing. Unless you're bored anyway. So maybe the key, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the key to clean up is to bore your kids at all times. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Have something great on the other side of that cleanup transition. Uh, Any more? We good. No, just, um, you know, figure out what's important to you and whether maybe it could be done a slightly different way. And, you know, and, remember and those feelings. Don't, don't put the stuff in a, don't just load the don't stuff up and haul Jeff. it away. No. Don't be a Jeff. This has been Renegade Rules. Thanks for listening. Back soon with another episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production.
Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.